Welcome back. It's great to have your company again. I'm James Paniki, MNEX Asia Senior Editor. This is MNEX's weekly podcast covering the top stories in regulatory affairs with the assistance of our team of reporters around the globe. Now, you don't need me to tell you that inflation is still on the rise and the cranking up of interest rates by central banks hasn't yet been able to rein in the problem. And the rising cost of living is a headache for politicians as the anger of voters starts to mount. That in turn leads to questions about whether antitrust authorities are doing all they can. There's of course the price gouging and the failure to cut prices quickly when costs go down, but there's also a broader concern about whether companies are colluding under the cover of inflation rises. It's a tricky problem for competition regulators to manage. Luckily, though, our reporter Tono Hill has been following the regulatory response to the inflation rises from our offices in Brussels. And Tono joins me now, along with Nicholas Hurst, who covers antitrust and M&A. Tono, let me start with you, and let's just recap here for a moment. How did we get to the place that we're in today? What caused this situation in the first place? Hi, James. Uh, Well, here in Europe, we've seen prices go up quite significantly after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, Just so you can get an idea, right now we have a 7% inflation rate in the EU, which is pretty much unheard of in the the recent history of the bloc. First, we had this energy supply shock that kind of spread through through other sectors. Now, even though energy prices are going down, it seems like the food industry is kind of taking up that mantle as NSD1 actually pushing prices up. And when consumers see all these price increases, there's frustration and there is this need to kind of find a culprit. Um, Governments need to deal with a politically delicate situation. And usually it is a role of central banks to use interest rates to bring down inflation. But there is also this criticism that profit margins of companies haven't really reduced and have even increased in some cases. So there is this suspicion that there's something fishy going on. Maybe there's collision between companies. Maybe companies are using these whole inflation crisis to push the prices a little further. So in some, there's this huge pressure from governments to competition authorities right now to find cartels that in some way would be responsible for this situation. Okay, Nicholas, let me bring you into the conversation. How have competition authorities reacted to that pressure that Tono has just described now, I mean, have they in fact been up to what may be a, a very unusual task for them? When inflation first started emerging, it's fair to say they sprung into action very visibly. So you had new investigations being opened against, for example, in particular, energy companies accompanied by dawn raids and, fr- and statements on the front pages of, of newspapers saying that they were close to scrutinizing companies in the energy sector, whether it's gas stations or, or importers. Uh, subsequently, they've also paid attention to companies in the food sector, because obviously that's where that's one area where consumers are very conscious that prices are going up. And I think more broadly, they've been trying to make a lot of noise. On the one hand, warning companies not to, you know, don't you dare use this inflation crisis as an excuse or as a way of hiding illicit activity or price increases that are, are not normal. And they've also been very vocal because I think they want to tell governments that they are you know, being active and trying to do as much as they can to, to help with the, the crisis. So there's been a lot of messaging 
But to be honest, there's not been that many concrete interventions. I mean, antitrust investigations take a long time. It's not entirely clear how antitrust can address uh, rising inflation in any case. So I think it's probably fair to say there's been a lot of bark and so far not that much bite. And what we've seen perhaps in the last couple of months is more competition authorities trying to manage expectations a bit. So they say, look, there's a limit to what we can actually do. You know, competition is not the ideal or indeed the first tool to address inflation. And there's in fact this one head of a competition authority that escapes me exactly who has a nice example. Imagine the house next door to you is on fire. What are you going to do? You're going to call the fire brigade. But in the meantime, before they arrive, you're also going to go around with your bucket and do what you can to help the fire go out. So I think that's what competition, how competition authorities view their role at the moment in the fight against inflation. They are you know, throwing buckets of water on the fire, waiting for the central bank, say the fire brigade, to, to arrive with screaming sirens. Yes, it depends on how effective that whole process of throwing buckets of water onto the fire actually is. But Tono, we've talked about and you've written about this sense of, uh, in a way, impotence that some authorities may have been feeling. So there's no evidence of collusion in many cases, so they're really unable to address the high prices from that perspective. Has anything else come out of this, you know, this sense of impotence? Yeah, well, if anything, even though, as, as Nick said, they, they view themselves as bucket helpers, uh, it has caused a rethink sort of in the antitrust community. Do we have the tools that we need to face the situation? And suddenly the attention is shifting towards other kind of powers outside the, let's say, traditional antitrust toolkit. Uh, one of these instruments is market investigation. That's something that the CMA in the UK has been using for quite some time, uh, but now has attracted renewed interest from, from other parts of the world. Um, the main advantage is that you don't act on specific companies that have breached competition rules, but on entire sector, if you want, we've been saying that authorities haven't been that suc- successful when when trying to find traces of collusion. Well, market investigations could provide an alternative to that. And what can you actually do with this? Well, the range of measures is, is quite broad. Um, you could impose a structural or behavioral remedies and even price caps. That's well, that's something that's sort of a taboo in the antitrust community. But uh, the CMA, for example, has imposed recently price caps to ensure that uh, prices on the communication network of the country's emergency service, like ambulances, for example, are not too high. Another country that has been using it is Greece. And that's actually a good example because it is conducting a market investigation into the fuel sector, which is one that is pretty much at the forefront of the whole inflation debate. It is examining rocket and feather tactics. That's basically what's quite a metaphorical kind of example because it's when prices go up like a rocket when when costs go up but then when costs go down like it's happening in the energy market they just go down like a feather so very slowly both authorities have had already had these powers before the inflation crisis but now is the time when they've actually taken the spotlight and and are actually being acknowledged more by by other uh, colleagues so tono what we are really saying here is that the current situation has, in fact, reignited some processes that already existed, right? I mean, regulators have been able to reach into their toolboxes and just pull out some of those tools that maybe they hadn't used for a while and they need to dust them off and then uh, see if they work. Yeah, yeah, we could say so. Um, Actually, 
the latest country to introduce such a tool is, is Germany, uh, the kind of big brother of the whole block, uh, one month ago only, even though that's something that it has been looking into for a long time. The current situation with the inflation has given it like the final reason to come up with these new powers. But there is one thing, it's not except of, except of criticism, this whole market investigation tool. Some say that, you know, giving competition authorities that power to shape entire markets as they see fit is a bit too much. And Andreas Moon, which is the head of the German Competition Authority, gave a warning last week. Basically, he said, don't expect this tool to have an effect on, on the current inflation crisis. One thing that doesn't change is that antitrust processes are lengthy, be it a normal cartel investigation, be it a market investigation. It takes time. So if you were to start an investigation now, probably it would be over when the whole inflation crisis is already out. And Tono, there's been talk about algorithms and how they might fit into all of this. What, uh, what, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, uh, lately we've been seeing this debate about artificial intelligence. This is not that chat GPT related as everyone's talking about, but as you said, it has to do more with algorithms and prices. Uh, lots of companies don't, don't set their prices of their products manually anymore. That's a thing of the past for, for some of them. They rely on algorithms to tell them what is the optimal price of their product. But what's the problem with this? Um, well, if the algorithm sees that in times like this, when inflation is going up and all prices are going up, basically it will probably feed into the whole thing, into the whole inflationary spiral and make it even worse. Because if it's seeing prices go up, it will do the same. A good example is, for example, in the US, they were quite concerned about this platform called Yieldstar, which landlords used to set price, the price of millions of properties and basically relies on algorithms to do this. Um, this is something that the European Commission has been looking at lately to see if there's some way that it could be considered collusion because the problem about this is that there's no official handshake. There's no email that tips off a cartel. Um, they're sort of indirect, they're sort of tacit. And there's this wonder between competition uh, authorities if there is actually a sanctionable mm. uh, conduct. Nicholas, given what Tono has just said and that there are no handshakes in smoky rooms and all of the things that we usually associate with cartels, so talking about competition tools in this context is all good and well, but I'm wondering how it fits into the grand scheme of things because ultimately uh, all of this talk needs to really have an impact on the hip pocket. It needs to help consumers as they battle prices every day. That's where the politically sensitive dimension of all of this is. So what does the future hold? So I think that it probably has an effect on the margins. You know, going after tacit collusion, going after algorithms can probably target uh, conduct that may accentuate or amplify the effects of inflation, but obviously it's not going to you know, really go to the fundamentals that are driving inflation. It's interesting, though, because I think competition is increasingly fitting into the wider policy debate or economic debate. The European Central Bank has spoken out recently, chastising not just workers for seeking inflation-busting salary increases, but also companies for taking profits that are disproportionate to increases in their costs. And the European Central Bank made the specific point that this was a problem where companies have too much market power and able to get away with increasing their prices in a disproportionate manner. So I think there's increasingly 
policy makers outside the competition community are thinking about how competition fits into what their own priorities are. Tono and Nick, uh, thank you for following this story for us. It's always good to examine how big global issues uh, percolate through to the world of regulation, and let's hope that the fire brigade gets there very, very soon. Catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks a lot, James. Thank you. Tono Hill is a regulatory reporter. Nicholas Hurst is MLEX's chief correspondent covering merger reviews and antitrust investigations. Both of them were speaking to us from Brussels. Tono's analysis is now online and ready for you to read. Just head to our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. And click on the News Hub tab. That's where you'll find the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. On our homepage, you'll see a banner that will take you to our most recent special report on artificial intelligence and MLEX's coverage of the International Association of Privacy Professionals 2023 Global Privacy Summit. It's a must-read for those with an interest in global privacy and data protection developments. Sadly, though, that's where we'll have to leave the podcast for today. We'll be back in your feed next Friday at more or less the same time. The podcast was produced and presented by me, James Paniki. It was published by our marketing team in London, and our executive producer is Richard Thompson. From all of us here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for your company. Bye for now. Bye for now.